hesitate to take the podcast right back with you. The only place that you'll find truth-worthy and, and, and trustworthy, informative, educational uh, stats, facts, all the above. Appreciate everybody for checking in with me on this uh, particular episode. And, of course, you know that I've had some strong words about the United States in regards to the FIBA World Cup and some of their performances. And we're going to go ahead and dive right on into that. want to make sure before we jump in, at Tate's Take Hoops on the Twitter as well as on the Instagram, all social media handles, at Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. And uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast streaming live pretty much just about anywhere you can think of stitcher apple podcast google podcast itunes red circle you name it we're there i know it sounds like a lot but if you don't do anything else please make sure that you share with your friends and family all you got to do is just tap the button it don't take much on stitcher red circle itunes apple podcast and google podcast as well so very and overly thankful for you that will go ahead and do that in the future and for you that have already done that now in regards to this usa team and and i know a lot of times i've come off a little bit strong and in this case i might be sadly uh sad to tell you that i might come off a little bit stronger uh depending on you know kind of which way you rock with the facts not the opinions not just a tate's take but it is the take it is the ultimate take this is a usa team that came off of a win against brazil 58 consecutive non-exhibition games that they won they were five and zero, and and could have been the first ever in the world cup to win three consecutive gold medals well as we know yeah that didn't happen Greg Popovich, you know, had some strong remarks in regards to how, you know, he wants to express his disappointment in the people that were highly critical of this USA team and said that they played their butts off. Well, yeah, that's what you're out there to do. You're out there to play your butts off. You got guys out there you know, representing our country and making sacrifices. What sacrifices are you making? You're playing for your country. Okay, that's a choice. Good job. We're all representing our country in one way or another. And I respect that. I, I, I Trust me. I respect our athletes. I always do because I'm always one of the people that feel like it's not one of the easiest things in the world. People always see the glitz and the glamour and so forth. But people never see the struggles that they go through on and off the court, which they don't have a choice. It just kind of like comes along with the territory. You understand what I'm saying? Um and, and and I love to take an athlete's side and always try to put myself in those shoes. You know, I'm not an athlete. I, I I didn't play on a high level, but I like to put myself in that mindset sometimes to have a clear understanding how it is. I've got athletes in my family. I've got friends that are athletes or former athletes. So I try to get a clear understanding in regards to some of the things that they say and that they're going through. But when you come out here, you roll it out and tell me I'm sacrificing for my country by going overseas to China to play basketball. You're playing basketball. What exactly are you sacrificing? Oh, my friends and my family. What are you sacrificing? You're getting paid to go overseas. Are you kidding me? Is that a joke? Who was it? Miles Turner? So I can't remember. And I love Miles Turner. You guys have listened to this podcast. You've heard me probably show Miles Turner more love than probably just about anybody. But, like, I, I don't know. I just can't rock with that. You're playing basketball for a living. You're running up and down the floor. You're exercising. You're sacrificing by exercising. Maybe I need to get a different kind of perspective. Feel free to uh, hit me up on the social media 
if you agree with this, if you disagree with this, or maybe there's something I'm missing here, but I don't understand why Greg Popovich is so disappointed in people who are highly critical. We expect. It's the expectations. We expect to win gold. We are the United States. What are you talking about? What planet are you on? And I, and I am one to believe that the Greg Popovich probably is a better coach for one of these international teams with his style uh, and, and, and his scheme and the way that he goes about winning. See, he isn't an ideal coach in regards to the USA team. I think he would be a good assistant coach to a Mike Krzyzewski or to, a, to such as somebody else. But I just think that the way that he his system and the way that he coaches is designed is for teams it's for elder teams or well uh, I'm not going to say more well put together but teams that uh have been playing together longer look at that Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker and Tim Duck how long did those guys play together which is realistically that's the type of coach that he is not teams that are trying to develop chemistry and first time kind of playing together that's that's not it and so of course people are going to be disappointed not just because of the roster that, that, that that's rolled out but also because of the brand of basketball one thing about the NBA is that it's a fast-paced game. It's basketball. That's what we're used to seeing. Guys getting up and down the floor, athleticism, highlight dunks, highlight reels. We've seen limited amounts of those against guys who really aren't that athletic in regards to those international teams. But they are fundamentally sound basic basketball players, and those are the teams that Greg Popovich excels at coaching. Not ones that get up and down and transition and shoot threes. Who's the most relied upon uh, three-point shooter on this USA roster? The shooting was terrible. Probably one of the worst uh, uh, statistics overall while overseas was the perimeter shooting. Who was your 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 deep range threat? Who's the guy that's gonna drag the defense and make them work and 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 pull them all the way out there in the deep water and see if they can swim with no life vests? Joe Harris? Are you kidding me? Joe Harris? You couldn't even go and get a JJ Reddick? Now people say don't take too much. Uh, into this, it doesn't hold that much weight because it's not the Olympics. But I'm not sure if this team is going to look much different when the Olympics rolls around. If I'm not LeBron James, you're not banking on LeBron James going out there and playing. He's not going to play. For what? It's just, it doesn't make sense to me. Do you really want James Harden and Russell Westbrook on this team? It'll be nothing but isolation. They'll be waving guys off. Waving off teammates teammates over in the corner doing jumping jacks wide open they're looking them off they're waving them off those guys aren't passing the ball it's a one-on-one show that's not what international basketball is about that's not what olympics that's not what fiba that is not what that is about but that's who those guys are that's what they're about you put those guys on this team it might look even worse why because they might be your best threat from perimeter Look at the percentages. It's going to stink. 
more than likely, if I'm just being real. Moving forward, because I haven't even really got into the stuff that I really, really, really wanted to lock in on and uh, and focus on. But you've seen some of the players that have been giving this USA team pretty pro- a lot of problems. And it's not like they played, you know, any bombs necessarily. Rudy Gobert, defensive, reigning defensive player of the year in the NBA, played them in France. France whooped them. Now, granted, uh, you know, the, the United States ended up beating Greece. But you got the reigning MVP. You've got players on these rosters. And people say, well, is, is, is the international play catching up with the NBA? you darn right it is. You mean, is the NBA catching up with the international league to an extent? Because as we can see, the NBA is really about two things. And you can see the guys with the IQ and you can see the guys that don't. And I'm not saying Americans don't have IQ, great IQs or anything like that because obviously that would be telling a lie. However, some of the guys with the highest IQs are international players because of the style of, the style of play. The way that they grew up playing the game of best, like when this game was designed and organized, like designed to be played. When it originated, when Dr. James Naismith introduced us to this game, and it was created in 1891 with milk crates and peach baskets, and, like, it was designed to be played the way that international players still currently play it. It wasn't about up-and-down transition. Now, granted, it was 1891, but it wasn't about up-and-down transition and waving off players and iso ball and slam dunks. It wasn't just about that. You were still moving around without the ball, giving goals. How many times have you seen a giving go or a pick and roll or something when they're showing highlights of uh, of NBA games that were played back in the day? Because that was the way that the game was played, and international players still play that way. But the crazy thing is the NBA is starting to become more internationalized, if that's even a word. <laughs> Because that, that, I mean, that's just what it's coming down to. Some of your best players, Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and Nikola Jokic, and 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 this just it's 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 ridiculous to even think about. Sometimes the American players make the game look bad. It, it, it feels really washed up. Now, something I won't necessarily agree with is uh, I don't I don't believe that. I do believe that that that. The athleticism makes the game uh, better in a lot of ways. I really do. It puts a di- it gives it a different dynamic. I'm not sure if I can sit back and see back door Joe, <laughs> back doors and and screens and this and that. You know, Utah Jazz ninety late nineties Utah Jazz offense. I'm not sure I could just sit back and sit through that. However, I will say enough to say um, that I think that it, having a balance is good. I do like it this way. I really do. But we've got to get it together a little bit more. We can't be expecting that guys are just going to lay down for us because we're wearing the USA across our chest and red, white, and blue, and we're athletic, and we're bigger, and we're stronger than everybody else because that's not necessarily the case anymore. Like, it's becoming a very diverse league, and the international players are starting to it's starting to really show. It's, it's happening. Rudy Gobert made life extremely difficult for the Team USA. Even Evan Fournier made life difficult for USA, especially in the first half. I thought that maybe the most intriguing matchup between France and, and the United States was the Rudy Gobert against Miles Turner matchup. And another thing I see on this roster, and I'm not sure if this is necessarily considered to be a problem or not for Team USA, but you got four Celtics players out there on the roster. Where's all the other guys? 
I'm not saying they got to be the best of the best, but you mean to tell me that you can't get somebody better out there to ride the pie in case the starting players were starting to have some trouble with some of the more experienced and and really well-played and put-together international teams? So maybe if Donovan Mitchell or Kimball Walker or somebody who was primarily carrying this team a lot of the way if they were struggling you bring somebody you can bring somebody off the bench better than uh brooke Lo- robin lopez or might as well be robin lopez brooke lopez and 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 mason plumley might as well be miles plumley hell M- marshall plumley for crying out loud if we just keeping it if we just keeping it real i thought that miles turner was probably the primary like the most reliable offensive front court threat for this team and I thought that it, it served a good purpose for the United States for him to be out there it served him a good purpose it really did I, I'm, I'm a strong believer in that now Miles Turner is really good in pick and roll and switching situations and things like that he does also need to slightly improve on his recovery speed whether you're going to go over the top on those screens or whether you're going to drop back and most cases or flash or do something show yourself i'm not sure if going small was the smartest thing for the united states but they went small in a lot of situations because again brooke lopez uh, bum lopez (laughs) is not going to give you anything on the offensive end and being in most cases the biggest guy or doggone guy on the court he ain't even proposing to even being close to being a defensive threat to even swat shots, to even get himself in foul trouble, to be a big bruiser, a space eater of some sort. He's out there on the perimeter shooting threes like he got the last name Reddick on his back. It appears that international play, its mentality is 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 they don't have that fear factor anymore. They're not asking the NBA players and the USA players for autographs after the game. They go out there and they expect to win these games. We were talking about uh, the United States playing small ball. There were some instances where you had Jalen uh, Brown playing center. Center. And that doesn't let you know that we don't understand what the whole point of, and I'm not, I don't want to be the guy that put picks on just Brooke Lopez, but it's the facts. I don't understand it. France went out there playing a, a, a man-to-man defense, not even in a zone. Because they didn't believe in the United States jump shooting. And I don't blame them. They felt like another benefit to having the horses to keep up with the United States athletically. And I can't blame them for that. This is a USA team that had two NBA All-Stars on their roster. It's a joke. Sure, it's just FIBA. It's just the World Cup. But I can't guarantee you again that this team is going to look much different, that guys are even going to want to play. What would be the difference? If Damian Lillard was on this roster, would you be surprised that it lost? I wouldn't. If I'm just being real.
One of the biggest questions was who's going to step up if Kimber Walker doesn't particularly have a productive or a really good game. And while there wasn't many instances of that happening, that did happen. And Donovan Mitchell stepped up in some cases. But there were times when we were going to get to the point when it was going to be like, okay, who do we go? We know Kimber Walker is the go-to guy. But if something happens in those regards, who can we rely upon? Who can we depend on? And when that question went out there, everybody started pointing at the other guy. Like some, who, who who stole all the cookies out the cookie jar? You got a group of little kids right there in front of you, and you know that you left them by themselves for just a couple minutes while you ran to the store to go and get some milk for all the cookies. And, and you come back, and all the little kids got crumbs all over their faces. Who stole the cookies out the cookie jar? And you got a group of just a group of little kids, group of kindergartners, kindergartners, as I like to call it. All sitting there with crumbs on their faces, pointing their fingers with, with chocolate chips all over them, melted chocolate all over them at another kid. Nobody knows who we're going to pass the ball to. Nobody knows who's going to be the guy. Nobody wants to be that guy to step up and play that role. However, you got way too many instances where guys are playing iso ball. Exactly what the USA did is they brought the NBA mentality of iso ball and give me the ball and shoot the air out of it and not pass it around, not stretch the defense, not make the defense work. They brought that over to China, and that's exactly what happened, and that's exactly one of the reasons behind why they lost. And I understand that the chemistry and all that type of stuff, but that's part of it. Nobody wants to hear, oh, our, our chemistry. And we didn't blame our chemistry. We didn't blame our athleticism. We didn't blame our this, that, and the third for why we weren't able to beat the United States before 58-game losing streak. So ain't nobody trying to hear that. And the best thing that we got to say is, oh, well, we didn't have our best roster out there. And some people have the nerve as Americans to say that we stink and you didn't even support to watch the doggone team. You didn't even watch. I know games were coming on at 7 in the morning and 8.30 in the morning and who wants to get up that early? And I get it. I'm just the diehard basketball. I'm just the hoop head. And I understand that. And I know that everybody's, I don't expect people to get up that early in the morning to watch nothing. But I don't blame them. Look at the roster. Did you even have confidence? But we can't sit back and complain and talk about how bad they are and we are as a people. I wonder what the viewership was like. I know football is on, but football is not on at 7 and 8.30 in the morning. I got up at 4 o'clock in the morning to watch this team lose, competing for a 7th or an 8th place at very best. Who are we to sit back and criticize the team when we're not even watching? We don't even know what they're doing. We know that they lost because we hear that they lost. We don't care. I get it. We love our football. I get it. I understand. and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to calm down. <laughs> I'm going to try my best. But you know what? If I'm just being honest, like, I'm I'm a little upset by this because I expect more. I'm an American. You can't. How can you blame me? France came in as the best three-point shooting team in the FIBA, in the FIBA World Cup. Not saying the United States had to be first, but you doggone right. You're not going to be even remotely close to even runner-up from that wing. You don't have any shooters on the team. We're about shooting now. Think about it. We grew up as kids. I don't know how old you guys are. Appreciate you for listening. At Tate's Take Hoops. At T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. But we grew, I grew up in an era at 35 years old where people went to the rim and everybody wanted to be Jordan. Everybody stuck their tongue out. Because he's Mike. He's Michael. That's just the way it is. And then the next 
generation or next crop, not generation, but the next uh, 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 decade, you know, when you start looking at the, the most of the 90s, everybody wanted to be like Mike. And then you start looking at the 2000s and, 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 and things like that. And, of course, you're, you know, everybody wants to be like LeBron. LeBron was the big thing. Now, guess what? 2010s and beyond, who they want to be like? Steph Curry. We want to shoot. Go to a little league game. Go to a, some of these AAU showcases and things like that. That's all you're going to see. Transition game. Guys coming down shooting like Mark Price. Before the opposition even comes back and across half court. They're already in transition. Shooting from three. Curry. 30. That's who. That, that, that's that's the new motto now. And I'm not going to blame Steph Curry for that. I never blame the light-skinned brothers. They ain't did nothing to nobody. <laughs> LSU. Light-skinned United, baby. I'll never be that guy. But that's just what it's coming down to. It's not about the, 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 the fundamentals and all that anymore. It's not about that. Remember, you guys can check this out. Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Red Circle. I'm always going to continue to just keep on pounding that into you guys' heads until you guys share, share, share. Please, if you don't do anything else, you're just helping You're helping somebody live their dream. Have a all all basketball based podcast where you get none but stats, facts, truth, uh, not much opinionated based. I feel like it's just it's the facts. It's just what it is. Tate's take T A T E S T A K E. That's that that that's where we at with it. That's what we doing. And I'm gonna keep on going through uh, a couple more little things here because I just you know. I, I I want to be um I want to be clear about some of my feelings in in regards to this team because I I've, I mean they're they I mean they're strong feelings. I love hoops. You know the USA earned seventh uh, seventh place with their win over Poland. Ooh. Went over Poland. We did also during this World Cup experience the first time that the United States lost back-to-back games since 2002. And don't forget who the guy is to say that Greg Popovich' way of coaching, his system, his scheme, it's, it likely wins gold if he's coaching the international team. And people say, is it fair to blame uh, Greg Popovich? But we blame Larry Brown in 2004. Look at that roster. Go back and look at some of that history. But I'm not really sure that anybody is really, really, like when I say really, I mean like really, really surprised by the outcome, by the results. I know when Serbia got their win, they weren't surprised. They expected to win. No, I'm sure part of that were you know they were they were you know pissed off at the fact that the placement that they were playing, but they they expected to be playing in the championship because of the type of team that they got. I don't blame them. They're holding themselves accountable. They're holding themselves to a standard that USA teams once held themselves to. 
But now it's like I don't even know if guys even sparks their interest to go and play for Team USA anymore. I don't I don't know if it even matters to them. Everybody used to take a lot of pride in playing for their country, and I'm not saying that none of the guys on that roster did, or none of the guys wearing uh, red, white, and blue did that. But uh, I will say that. It just seems like it was a different feel. Guys were lined up around the corner to participate and get one of those USA jerseys. It's not like that anymore. Guys are, uh, uh, I'm not gonna play. How come? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna focus on the Sacramento Kings, uh, my, 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 my season, upcoming this season, trying to take my team to the playoffs. Dude, you play for the Sacramento Kings. Which I think was just an out for a De'Aaron Fox <laughs> to not play because, maybe, according to my sources, he didn't want to play for for Greg Popovich. And granted, you know uh, th- there was some rumors swirling that uh, was it Derek Brown, not Derek Brown, Derek White. Knew it was one of those colors. Derek White was getting more of the playing time than he was. He's like, no, I'm De'Aaron Fox. Now, whether you agree with that or disagree with that, but prior to, De'Aaron Fox was, was, was obliterating the competition going out for this team. Probably out there looking like Kimba, according to from what I've been, what I had been seeing leading up to the competition. You doggone right, I don't want to play. Some of these guys need to play. Some of these guys is good for them. Some of these guys are rookies and only been in the league for two, three years. You need to put that jersey on and, and, and get your butt whooped by some international teams. It might make you play a little bit better. It might make you work a little bit harder. It might prepare you for the NBA that we're about to see real soon considering all the international players. Just keeping it real. France, you know, it's funny just looking at France's celebration when they beat the United States because that was their target. They wanted to be the team that was going to upend the United States right off the rip. That's the team that they wanted to be. And they did that. That was their expectations. And from that standpoint... They celebrated after they won the way that they did. Maybe they didn't expect or didn't expect to beat the United States, but that was their focus to go out there and attempt it and give it to, to, to give it their best. Serbia didn't do that. Serbia said we expected that. I'm so tired of hearing this, not our best players, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't our best players and so forth. Again, Serbia probably shrugged their shoulders because of their placement. Or even just the playing field, the expectations were just totally different than France's. Serbia was expected to be the projected runner-up. The United States against Serbia, the team that we saw that was going to ultimately, the loser will play for 7th or 8th place, was supposed to be the championship game. I don't want to hear anybody say, well, you know, the United States, they didn't play hard and they didn't care if it wasn't for the goal. That's not an excuse. You go out there and you play. Ain't nobody trying to hear that. The guys look happy and ready to go home, and that's exactly where they went. Home. I'm telling you, the United States is just spoiled by by winning gold. The, 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 the fan base, just United States always winning gold. I'm not sure if there's nearly as many pissed off people. Some people are just feeling some type of way and just complaining, but I'm a little upset about it because I had expectations. Like I'm a part of the team. I got expectations. 
I think it was just, it honestly was a poor representation of USA basketball when I looked at this roster. It really was. I don't care if it wasn't the Olympics, but it really was. But would anybody have said that it was a poor representation had they won the gold with this team? I don't know. Also, don't believe that the international rules in the FIBA World Cup, I don't think it favored the United States. And that's not an excuse. I just, I just don't think that it did. I don't think it ever has. I really don't. But I think that it's still, regardless, I still think that it's good for the players. I'm a believer in that. I really am. People talking about, oh, guys don't want to play load management and back-to-back summers and, you know, playing, you know, because FIBA summer, next summer, Olympics. Guys want to, you know, maybe go on vacation or they're wearing tear on their bodies and so forth. And while I believe that that's actually a real thing, dating back to when I was telling you about how different athletes and whatnot, you know, don't, don't want to participate in these things because we only see one thing like these guys get paid to play basketball and get paid a lot of money, granted, but we don't see the wear and tear on their bodies and the things that, we, that they have to do. All we have to do is be a couch potato and sit there and watch them run up and down the court. But that's a lot of wear and tear on those knees, especially for those seven-footers. And being a guy who played guard coming up in in, in school, not that I was all-American. I might have been a a, a Zaxby's all-American or something. (laughs) Nevertheless, there's just parts of this that we don't see, and I think that that was part of it. And people say, has the rest of the world caught up to Team USA? Some people say, no, not until they dethrone the best that the USA has to offer, which is ultimately in the Olympics. But nobody will disagree with the fact that the NBA is becoming more global and international overall. And I don't care what anybody says at the end of the day. We do have to show the respect and give the credit to these international players for beating this USA team because they are professional athletes as well. Are they the very best that we have to offer? No. We know that. They know that. The couch potatoes know that. Uh, Homer Simpson knows that. Grandma knows that. Everybody knows that. Now, what was sad to me, when they play Serbia, Nikola Jokic, who everybody loves, and you just have to love this guy's game, just the the effort that he gives and his passing ability as a big, he had zero attempts at a point where Serbia led by 20-plus points. I'm like, I didn't understand. I didn't really understand what was going on. He finished with nine and seven assists in the game. Bogdan Bogdanovic, 28 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists with the Kings. Nikola Jokic, if you're not familiar with her, you've been under sleeping under a rock uh, with the Denver Nuggets. And then you got Big Boban. I love Boban. Boban is like the international Shaq to me because of his personality and his size. 8 points, 3 rebounds, 1 assist, 0 blocks for him, which I think is a problem. But 3 for 6 from the field, which I think could be a little bit of a problem if you're like 7-12... I know that's eight feet, but seven twelve. Kimball Walker in that particular game, 
18 points, 8 assists, 4 rebounds, 1 block, 1 steal, some for 11 from the field. Looks good. 50% from 3. Looks good. But only went to the free throw line 2 times and missed 1. That's a problem. Here we are with the shooting percentages. Serbia, 52%, 43% from the United States, 48% from Serbia from three, 35% from three for the United States. I'm not sure if I even seen, this might have been the best three-point shooting performance that I saw by the United States at 35%, <laughs> if I'm just being real, like straight up. thought it was pretty cool that, you know, let, let, me, let me tell you, let me tell you. The United States got down super early. What was it? I think like 32-7 to 7 at the end of the first quarter or something crazy like that. And give credit to the United States for coming back and outscoring Serbia 33-12 to 12 in the second quarter. But that looked bad. You got Donovan Mitchell out there shooting 4 for 12 from the field and 1 for 4 from 3. 25% from 3. On the night, Miles Turner with his five rebounds, a little bit low, a little too low for me. But it's not like you got big bum Lopez out there helping. Then Joe Harris, here you go. The perimeter, the dead-eye shooter, the sniper, the long-distance, the long-range sniper. One for six from the field. One for four from three. And here you got Brian Colangelo. I'm gonna remember who I'm gonna remember who didn't show up. Dude, nobody wants to play for your team. You got guys who got one year in the league. I don't want to play for your team. I'm good. I'll pass. <laughs> like, on the real. This was a game that was a 2016 gold medal rematch and I mean, one of the things that I was the most proud of seeing our United States as bad as they look was they only had five turnovers in the whole game. They had been turning the ball over left and right. Apple turnovers, cherry turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Going into that particular game. But now they want to act like they know how to take care of the ball. Never show me that they've shown that they want to shoot or that they know how to shoot or know how to put the ball in the basket. Field goal percentage, that's cool. But when you're down, you need threes. On any international team, on any team, you need threes at some point when you get in desperation mode. They didn't have that. Serbia came in here ranked fourth. Not that they were terrible, but American expectations. Both came into the game with a 5-2 and two record. United States, I guess, luckily for them, they qualify for the Olympics in Tokyo uh, on next year. Serbia being a team that is yet to qualify for the Olympics won't find that out until next summer. Rematch of the 16 gold medal uh, uh, gold medal games in Rio. And I don't want to take up too much more of you guys' time. I wanted to just throw a couple little stats and facts out there for you guys. Just some things for you guys to think about. That's all I wanted to do. That's that was that was my primary focus. Is are there any of these guys that you want to see on Team USA for the Olympics? Is there any of these guys that you uh, believe can make or is deserving of from anything that you saw out of this team? If you even watched the team that entered the 2019 FIBA World Cup on a 58-game win streak. 
with NBA players. When you don't have any efficient scoring and you don't have any front court players and you don't have any shooters, I'm not sure if we should expect anything different, if I'm just being real. You got guys that got cut and just walked away from the team. I know we can only pay so much attention to the folks of the team and who deserves, people say, does Pop deserve the blame? You're damn right. You're damn right he deserves the blame. But he's not the only person that deserves the blame. There's some others. They cut Bam Adebayo, a defensive presence that they could have used. De'Aaron Fox walks off on him, wants to focus on the sacra- the big bad Sacramento Kings. And I'm not trying to dog the Kings because I think that they're up and coming, similar to the Hawks as a young uh, nucleus of a team that's up and coming in the NBA that people better keep their eyes and, their, uh, their eyes and ears open for. I think that that's exactly what the Kings are on the West Coast. And I like them. I'm not in love with them, but I do like them. I like De'Aaron Fox, and I like Marvin Bagley. I'm going to focus on the Kings. Kyle Kuzma, quote-unquote, remember, air quotes, injury. Jason Tatum, never played again, injury, don't blame him. Trey Young, I got an injury. I got I got a sty in my eye. I got a pink eye or whatever it was. Guys aren't playing. Guys just aren't playing. I'm not saying these guys are making excuses. I'm not saying these guys really aren't hurt. I'm not saying that these guys really don't want to focus on their teams for the upcoming NBA season. I'm not saying that these guys wouldn't rather be out on uh, on somewhere parasailing in the Bora Bora some, somewhere. I'm not saying that. Because that's their right. And they can do what they want. But I don't want to see the same team in the Olympics. I know that much. No medal here. You don't get medal for seventh place. Worst showing ever by the United States, potentially. I really want to know what happens if this team goes to the Olympics. You guys feel free to follow me on social media. I would love to get some feedback and hear from so some of you guys. If this team went to the Olympics, where would they finish? What happens with this team if they become this exact team goes to the Olympics? What do we got? We got, we got, we got Kimball Walker. Uh, uh, I guess you could still say Kyle Kuzma on that team. Let's go and throw him in there. Uh, <laughs> Derek White. Joe Harris. Donovan Mitchell. Miles Turner. Bum Lopez. Should have named him first. Mason Plumley, Harrison Barnes, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. That's the gist of it. What happens if that's the if that's the roster going into the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo, Japan? I think it's in Japan. And let me know if you would or would not embrace the Russell Westbrook or James Harden being a part of this team. And how embarrassed you were by this performance. Appreciate everybody for uh, for listening, checking in. Remember, go and subscribe. I can't say it enough. Go and subscribe. Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Red Circle, the whole nine, the whole ten. Please and thank you. Whoever's been praying for me, thank you much. Um, now that 
there is no more focus on FIBA World Cup. Got some really awesome things that's going to be coming up. Sean Williams, who runs the, um, who runs some 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 really really uh, high octane showcases in AAU on the AAU circuit for basketball. We're gonna have a podcast coming up with he and. Um, with one of me, him and one of my good buddies, Damon, uh, father of an NBA player, uh, Kobe Simmons here from out, out of Georgia in the Alpharetta area. So it's going to be dope. It's going to be really awesome. Just going to ask a bunch of different questions, talk to some parents about what, you know, their, their, uh, you know, what questions they should be asking and knowing what they're getting themselves into going, uh, into, you know, having a kid that, you know, might be highly recruited or just being recruited or what it takes to get your kid recruited, uh, on a high level or on any level um and there's just so much going on in the in the recruitment world these days so we're going to talk to him a little bit about that and some of the guys that he's had the opportunity to uh have and participate in his showcase and just a, a few other things so i think it's going to really really be an awesome idea and some of the stuff that he's gotten the works i've gotten the works demon has gotten the works as well so i think that's going to be awesome keep your eyes and your ears open for that we're going to get into some more high school some more college stuff walk away from this depressing FIBA World Cup team, <laughs> uh, so that we, you know, if you've been with us, keep, uh, that you have been hearing us do quite a bit of, uh, putting some content out there about that. But now that that's over, we're going to start dipping into some other stuff. At Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. Go and tell your friends, appreciate you for listening, and we out.